Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Welcome to this 151st podcast of Cat Talk Radio. And if you're listening shortly after we post it, of course, it's posting the last week of 2021. So we're getting ready to ring in 2022. And we wish you all a very happy new year. Today, I want to talk about positive reinforcement, specifically positively reinforcing cats. But welcome, my handsome co-host and husband, Dewey Vaughn. Yay! 151 episodes. Yes. Woo-hoo! Are you Should tired be a party. I, th- I, think, I think we slept <laughs> through the first 150 there. We need to kick it up a notch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hello, my beautiful wife, and to all you great big cat fans out there in the big cat world, <clears throat> just love this positive reinforcement topic. It's amazing the way that you have shown me some of what that means. Uh, You know, I'm obviously never as good at it as you are, but that's why we do these things. So people like me can educate themselves. Positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure everything of it, but let's go with it. What is it about? How would you define it? Um, You know, I would think that if, if like a, your pet, uh, or in specific, your cat does something good, you positively reinforce them with a treat or, you know, something like prey playing or petting them or, you know, something like that. Am I on the right track? Yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's a it's a form of operant conditioning, to be technical, and and basically you're adding a positive stimulus following a behavior that you, that you like, and it and it's more likely to make that behavior repeat happen again in the future. So yeah, that's you pretty much right on. Well, yay! yay. I'm going to roll ding, into ding, 2022 ding. with some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use it on your kids? Oh. You know, I tried to be a positive. Uh, I probably did that more than I did the negative punishment stuff, uh, I think. You know, of course, I just had to wing it. You know, I always said, and I often wondered where the manuals were whenever the children were born. So that way you knew what to do throughout their whole life. And, you know, you don't. So you just kind of got to wing it and you, you know, kind of listen to people to do People that have gone through it before, you listen to them a little bit, and then you kind of take what you want out of that, and then finally they get raised. <laughs> so I guess, <laughs> it's no, like a blur, huh? <laughs> no, I don't know that I really. I still to this day don't know how it all works. <laughs> it's it, you know you mentioned, um, it, you know there there are four types of actual of of operant conditioning positive reinforcement is one of them and like i said that's that's uh, giving the kid or cat or being any being giving the creature something great after they've done something you like so that it increases the likelihood of that behavior being repeated and then there is 
positive punishment, which would be things like squirt, squirting your cat with a squirt bottle or yelling at them or clapping your hands or something like that. It's, it's adding something, you know, aversive pressure like threats and scary stuff that the cat or the kid or whoever doesn't like and, and um, you know, in hopes of decreasing that behavior. And then, um, and then there's the negative side of operant conditioning. We have negative punishment, which is actually losing something you like. So, you know, that's real easy to give you an example in a kid, you know, well, you're, you don't get to use your cell phone for two weeks, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, and then uh, there's negative reinforcement, which, you know, which are threats, like it's, you know, the, the kid is relieved to have escaped or avoided something bad, you know, that, that kind of thing. So those are the, the four quadrants of operant conditioning. But um, today we're going to talk about positive reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why do we want to use this technique with cats? Oh, because it's the most effective. You know, if you do, like I mentioned a minute ago, and you squirt them with the squirt bottle, or you yell at them, or you clap your hands, or you whack them with the newspaper, or whatever. And this applies to dogs as well. Really, we're talking about cats because it's a cat show, but really applies to, to all creatures. Um, that scares them, you know, and they, they, they relate that to you. They need you to be a constant, loving provider, caregiver. And when you go all willy-nilly and, and yell and make noises and squirt them with water and do scary things, then you've become unpredictable. And that begins to eat away at your relationship with your pet. And, and that's not what we want, obviously. We want to be able to change behavior, to modify behavior, but in a way that's effective and doesn't erode our relationship. So, with dogs, um, dogs actually have a social hierarchy. So, and and dogs, you know, they see us people, their caregiver, as the pack leader, and it's a dog's nature to please the pack leader. And so, if you yell at your dog, they go, "Oh no, I've made him unhappy." And you know, it's a little more effective with dogs. Not what I would recommend, of course, ever with any creature to to use you know, positive punishment, but, um, but it's more effective on dogs than with cats because cats really don't have a social hierarchy or structure. And so when they make you mad or you're mad and unpredictable, they don't relate it to anything they've done at all. And they don't really care. They just want it to stop. So it's a little different. And so with cats, you really, really, really have to work this positive reinforcement side so that you're getting the behavior that you want. You know, this has made my mind kind of think about how did all of this start from the beginning? You know, uh, cats were not domesticated. Dogs were not domesticated. You know, how did we finally get to the point of figuring out a way to live with with our animals <laughs> and then go through all the psychology of <laughs> trying to determine the best way to take care of them. So, you know, what are some of the things you can use for this type of reinforcement since we've come a long ways in, well, in using these things? It's just like what you said earlier. Um, 
you can use anything that the cat likes. You can use treats or the most obvious, you know, food, treats, that kind of thing. Sometimes it's pets and affection and scratch under the chin. Sometimes it's prey play, you know, or playing with their favorite toy or some kind of activity that the cat really likes or something that the cat really enjoys. So you can use a variety of things, you know, whatever whatever the cat values the most is going to be the strongest reinforcer. Okay, so what if the cat does something bad, real bad, and something you you don't really want it to do? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how do you use such a positive reinforcement for that? Well, you don't. <laughs> okay, okay, you don't. Uh, the the kind of the premise of of training cats and modifying behavior is you ignore the bad behavior that you don't want and you only pay attention to the behavior that you want to see more of. And and so, you know, cats, you got to be careful, too, because they are so manipulative. You know, they they really understand cause and effect like no other creature. And so, you know, you have to sh- make sure that you are not positively reinforcing bad behavior. And let me give you an example. Let's say the cat is counter surfing and you got a thing about cats being on your counters and you don't want the cat to counter surf. So cat jumps up on the counter and you go over there and go, now Pico, I've told you before about jumping up on the counter and pick him up and you put him down. Well, the cat has succeeded in getting your attention, getting you to pick him up and touch him, talk to him. And, you know, it's, it's like the two-year-old that screams his head off just to get attention. You know, they, they don't even really care if it's bad attention. They just want attention. So you've got to really make sure that you're not positively reinforcing bad behaviors. And so what you need to do when a cat does something bad is you just turn your back on it and you walk away. Another good example, and and this is a very common one, you know, in the wee hours of the morning at like 4 a.m., the cat decides that he's going to try to get you up because he's hungry. And so he starts walking across your face and pawing at your nose and meowing and tearing up the side of the bed and and doing things like that. And, And I always get this with behavior consults. And I ask the people, well, what do you do? when Fluffy does that to you at four in the morning. And they say, I get up and I feed him because it makes him stop. (laughs) That is a classic, classic example of positively reinforcing bad behavior that you don't want to see more of. I always say when you're training cats, you can't tell them no. You have to show them what you want them to do instead. So if if you think about training in that way, then you're positively reinforcing what you want them to do instead rather than punishing them for what they're doing bad because it really just doesn't work well on cats. You know, this is a lot of stuff that you talk about people in the home environment, but you do a lot of work at the shelters uh, and helping a lot of these shelters uh, with their programs and training people and showing people what to do. And so do you do some of this positive reinforcement stuff in the shelter also? It's kind of hard of hard environment to do that in because you're not there all the time. 
Well, yeah, we absolutely do. And we do that through clicker training. So we, and, you know, you positive reinforce you can do without an auditory anchor like a clicker if you're doing it at home. But in a shelter setting where there's multiple people working with the same cat, then you want to reward the cat. You want to mark the behavior that the cat did that you're looking for and then reward. And so we oftentimes have overstimulated cats in a shelter. And I always say these are the cats that are the most dangerous because they will give you all kinds of little social, affiliative, body gestures, tail up, purring, rubbing on the kennel door. And you open the door and you let them smell your hand and then you rub the side of their head and they're leaning into pets. And then you go to pet them down their back and they whip around and bite you. And it and it's because... You know, it's it. Cats get overstimulated easily in a shelter setting. There's so much going on, so much noises, smells of other cats. It can be very, very stimulating and and for them, and they can react in that way. So, what we do with those cats, since it's not always safe to touch them when they're in that state of mind, then we'll clicker train. So, what we usually do is we start with a target where the cat's nose touches uh, either a target stick or your finger. If the cat is safe enough to handle to put your finger in front of its face, the cat will reach his nose out and touch your finger, and then we click, and then we give a reward, a treat. In the shelter, we usually use lick and lap, which is a um, oh, like a smushy thing in a tube, like a, you know, uh, push-up tube treat and it's just wonderful the cats love that stuff so they touch the finger with their nose you click you give them a little lap of lick and lap dabbed on the floor or, or on your other finger and and we're positively reinforcing that and we can even put that on cue we can say touch and then they learn that when you hold your finger out and you go touch, then they're going to come over and touch it with their nose. And it gives, especially those overstimulated cats, something more positive to channel all that pent-up energy into. And then if we have, you know, really shut down cats, it, it works the same way also. You know, they they get to do something that's 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 constructive and interactive in a in a way that's that's very positive for them so yeah we do use it in the shelter a lot in a little bit different a little bit different way so are you saying you can positively positively reinforce a cat to behave any way you want them to yeah yeah you can positive reinforce any behavior i mean it's it's a real simple um formula you see something you like, you reward it. You see something you don't like, you ignore it. And and that's really the, the formula for modifying behavior. Again, not only in cats, but, you know, certainly it's become the more popular, you know, psychology way to modify behavior in humans and in all, in all creatures. So, yeah, you, you can, you can do that. So give us some examples for positively reinforcing two cats who aren't getting along. That's a difficult one. Let me throw that at you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I could see you bouncing off the wall. Okay, positively reinforce you. No, positively reinforce you. <laughs> Which one do I go to? 
So we use positive reinforcement with with cats in early stages of introduction when we're feeding them on both sides of the barrier door. So they're calm and they're eating in the presence of the other cat. So being calm in the presence of another cat gets a reward. It gets mealtime. It gets treats, that kind of thing. If they are hissing and growling and things like that, you separate two cats so that you're calming them down. You're not giving them that opportunity to get that upset in the presence of the other cat. And anytime the two cats are in a room together and both are laying down and both are being calm and they're not staring at each other, which always is a inciting a conflict in cats, then you give them a treat. And, um, you know, one of the treats that I like to use, we talked about types of reinforcement. I mentioned the lick and lap, of course. That's a great one, especially to use in the shelter. Um, but it's also good for your home cats. But another thing I like is turkey. You know, just deli turkey, low-sodium deli turkey. I get it shaved so it's in little tiny pieces. And that's a really good thing to positively reinforce your cat with. It's healthy. You know, it's it's not a good meal, but as a good treat, that's that's great. So anytime the cats are being calm in the presence of one another, you give them treats. And that may be, if we're talking about two cats who are meeting for the first time, that's probably going to be on either side of a barrier door. And if it's two cats who are living together but occasionally get in fights, then when they're in the same room being calm, you reward them for that. Okay, so how about positively reinforcing destructive or destruction behavior? I mean, how do you how do you kind of deal with that? I, I, maybe that's a whole other topic. Maybe we're going down the wrong no, path no, here. That's but. a that's a. Remember when I said you can't tell a cat no? You have to show it what you want it to do instead. Yep. So if the cat is ripping up the back of the sofa, then you get a nice tall scratching post, a scratching post that's at least the height of the back of your sofa, and you tuck it in by the sofa where they're scratching. You rub catnip all over it. So that's the, here's what I want you to do instead. I want you to scratch the scratching post, not the sofa. So every time the cat goes over and scratches on the scratching post, you go, oh, good boy, and you give them a treat. And you even entice them, right? You don't have to sit around waiting to catch them scratching it. You can, you know, like sometimes if you you scratch the post yourself way up high, the cat will jump up on it and start scratching also. So you, you can entice them to scratch the post and then reward them for doing that. So you have to give them a, this is what I want you to do instead, and then positively and reinforce that behavior rather than just thinking about punishing bad behavior. You got to think about why is the cat doing that? So I tried that with Pico the other day. I saw him doing something and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have him doing something else. So I grabbed a book and I said, here, read the book. And he, he did <laughs> not read the you? book. Yeah, it didn't work at all. So, I mean, I don't know that I'm agreeing with the whole, here's what I want you to do instead. <laughs> Has to be reasonable, species appropriate. <laughs> well, it was a fish book. I figured he might get some value out of that. And then I had him try to read a behavior book and that didn't work either. So I guess there is certain things. That there's parameters here, right? You got to go by. That's right. 
Okay, so let's talk about that. How about not using the litter box? I imagine that's a difficult one to use. Positive reinforcements to change that behavior. You have to wait outside the litter box to catch them. Cat using it, then try to give it to a treat while it's peeing outside the. I mean, come on, what do we got to do with this thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, litter box. How much is of this a, do we work with on this? A litter box is is a is a difficult one, not impossible, but difficult one to use positive reinforcement for. Because um, yes, you can do like you said, you can wait, and when you hear them in there digging in the litter box, then you go in and you wait till they finish their business, and then you give them a treat. Um, you can do that, but the litter box is usually more. It's related to some other issue. <clears throat> it's either medical or they're making some territorial marking statement or they just don't like the way you have the box set up or there's been some trauma or huge change and they're just reacting out in, in those ways. And so we got to kind of figure out what's going on there so that we can say, I want you to do this instead in this place, right? So either we got to get them medically tested or we got to fix the litter box or we got to make sure that they feel like there's enough reinforcements for all the kitties in the home that they don't have to territorial mark like that. So that one is is just like the destruction one. You've got to kind of do a little digging to find out what's really going on before you can try to fix it. But yes, you can wait until you hear the cat in the litter box and then go reward it. Absolutely. You know, it made me think each cat needs to have uh, its own little robot that follows it around and makes sure it does what it's supposed to. If you're peeing outside the litter box, the little robot goes, kitty, kitty, you should not be outside the litter box. You should be doing this instead of that. <laughs> I bet I bet if we say that enough, somebody over there in China is going to come up with one of these little robot guys. I could that's just see a cat. Yeah. Whacking crap out yeah. of a robot following. Yeah, right. and, and then <laughs> it, and it's got a little. The robot's got a little box, and it's got a little wand toy that whips out and goes, "Okay, kitty, it's time for you to play your game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got an invention going on here. <laughs> okay, so you know, speaking of that, did you use positive reinforcement to teach Pico to jump over your arm? I did, I did, and. Um, and yes, with turkey, because Pico's just like goes bananas over turkey. He oh, goes bananas God, over yeah. lick and lap, but yeah. and almost to the point that he he gets so frenzied over the lick and lap, he's not focusing on what I want him to do. But yeah, I first taught him to target to my finger and then follow my finger around. And then I put my arm, you know, really low on the floor and I had him walk over it. I just pointed to his nose and moved my finger across my arm and as soon as he stepped over it I went good boy and I gave him turkey and then I raised the arm a little bit and had him do it again and raised it higher and higher and now all I have to do is you know I get down on one knee I squat down I hold my arm out at shoulder length and I don't even have to do anything he just automatically jumps over it because he knows that there's going to be turkey on the other side (laughs) and see and that's a good example too like when he doesn't jump over it and he goes under it or walks around or something like that. I just ignore it. Okay, you don't get your turkey. It's all right. You don't want to do it. You don't get turkey, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, That's a yeah. good idea. I'm going to start putting turkey on the newspaper and see if he goes to get it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Train him like the dog. He, he would. He'd come back with the turkey, probably not the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> so we may have lost Dewey. <laughs> and so if he comes back, great. And if not, it's probably about time to wrap up this episode anyway. Pa- you know, positive reinforcement is a very powerful way to train a cat. I would say it's the best way to train a cat. So try it with your cat and you'll be amazed. You know, you can just catch your cat doing something cute or good or something you like and start rewarding that and watch your cat do more of that behavior. But that's also the caution in that. You've got to be careful about about rewarding because whatever you reward for, they're going to do more of. I'd like to invite you to send me topics that you think you'd like to hear on Cat Talk Radio. This is our 151th episode, and so we're uh, we're probably running out of ideas, and I'm sure I've probably circled back and done a couple topics twice. So come up with some creative stuff for us to talk about. It's always great to hear from you and helps us. And I'd like you to support the work that we do. There are no salaries taken out of Cat Behavior Solutions Every Dewey and I do is volunteer basis, shelter work, everything like that. So help us. Um, you can make a, a donation uh, in, and it's real easy. Just go to our website, catbehaviorsolutions.org. Go to the Behavior Boutique in the store, and down at the bottom of the store, there are amounts that you can choose and check out with your credit card and send a donation. And while you're there, go ahead and get some positive reinforcement stuff for your cats. We have great wand toys and catnip bags and things like that that you can use with them for positive reinforcement. And also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and I've got a great blog on catbehaviorsolutions.org there. And we're going to keep doing this because we really want to keep more cats out of shelters. We want you to know how to take better care of your cat, and we want to increase the bond between you and your cat which positive reinforcement is a very, very powerful way to do that. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. It's a sad reality. Thanks for tuning in this week. And I'm sure Dewey will be back next week to join us. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. 
Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.